previously on Tales of Asperon. You stand among the ruins of an abandoned village. The buildings around you glow with this kind of faint, ethereal, bluish white light. Further in town, you hear a scream. Um, I'll take off in that direction. And at the foot of the tree, you notice that the bark of it is parted. From within, you see a pair of eyes in this darkness ahead open, a bright and vibrant yellow. And you feel your chest start to vibrate as you hear a deep guttural roar. And this shadow quickly emerges to you and you jolt awake in the campsite, your campsite. You burst through the, the bushes and on the other side, you see a small little dragonoid creature. We, uh, us, the players, would know it as a kobold. On his back, there's a small wooden cage that is busted and broken, which you presume likely held the skunk. Um, the one on the ground, he looks over the other kobold and goes, they're really strong. Upon unfurling it, you find a crude hand-drawn map of the white leaf wood. Off to the northeast, you see there's a big circle and on it in common, you just see the words bad. Let's go there. Hey there, listeners, and welcome back to Tales of Asperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast. Now, what does that mean? We sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you over the magic of airwaves, you know, and the internet. Then we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Like, almost never. I get surprised by these players all the time. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll some dice to figure out what's going to happen next in the story. Roll high? Great. Roll low? Eh, not so much, and usually it's pretty funny. I wonder what will happen this week. Will they rescue Iron and Thistledown from the Beast of Whiteleaf and bring him to justice? Let's roll the dice and find out. Together. Our tale begins at the ruined Battlescarred camp where our adventure first began, the place where Silas Abbott was first poisoned by the Beast of Whiteleaf. The ring light shines through the canopy above and illuminates the face of our dear Tedward as he awakens from his rest. He lies awake for a moment on the soft grass, reflecting on the mighty dragonborn legion laid waste by the hands of true heroes the night before. At his side, lying gently on the ground, sits his book. Its simple leather cover, clean and well cared for, betraying the true age and nature of this wonder. On this night, the advent of their quest is upon these mighty heroes, as they trek deeper and deeper into the dangerous white leaf wood. After a long night of travel, you manage to escape the town constable and bring Silas Abbott, your hero turned prisoner, into the white leaf wood. Um, after crossing a kind of treacherous river, you made it back to Silas's old camp and decided to rest there for the night. During your sleep, some strange things happened. Alea was wrought with some very odd dreams that took her to a place that seemed otherworldly. And during the night, you were awoken by a group of green kobolds who decided to attack you in the night and steal your stuff and take advantage of you, though you were not as easy prey as they expected. Um, so what would y'all like to do? I guess untie, or try to untie, uh, what's-his-face from the tree? Um, I'd say with Tedward's help, you could probably do that with ease, because he rolled a really good roll on those knots. <laughs> I'll untie him, and I'll untie his legs so he can walk, but I'll tie his hands to his face. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? How does that look like? He's blindfolded like a Masino-evil monkey. His hands are over his eyes. And they're also just tied to his head. So you're dragging him by his head? By No, a no, he'll walk. He's on his own two feet. Oh, okay. He'll walk, but his hands are on his face. 
Can he see anything? Look, no. I'm I'm not gonna run. <laughs> and as you're tying his hands, he goes, "You don't you don't need to do this." I'd do it. <laughs> you tie his hands to his face. Um, you're gonna have to guide him through the forest. That's okay. Um, I would also like to put away my winter blanket. Okay. By the way. Just pick it Just up. Making sure uh, pick. And my wooden shield. <laughs> you pry it from the bushes. <laughs> yes. As we walk around, Haley's going to be polishing his little wooden figurine of the turtle dragon. Yeah, everyone sees that. Are you trying to hide it? or? No, don't, don't, don't see a reason why. So, using this map and kind of just getting a general idea of the forest, you start making your way to this bad section of the forest that the kobolds had laid out. You travel for another hour or two, and you reach a part of the forest that's kind of strange. First thing you notice is that as you get closer and closer to this area that's marked bad, um, the trees are starting to look a little more sickly. Um, based on your estimates, within a mile of this bad area, um, you can see the leaves of the trees have started to turn like a sickly black, and the, a lot of the birch trees, the bark is just peeling off of them. Um in this kind of weird, sickly fashion. The trees are rotting. After some time, you see what looks to be an opening in the tree line, maybe 150, 200 feet ahead. And you can see what look to be ruined and decayed buildings. They're almost entirely gone, save for the little bits of framing that are poking up around the ground. They're overgrown with this thick, kind of sickly looking green moss. And there's like black, darkened ivy that has grown up over the sides of some of these old decayed forgotten buildings what do you do um can we see beyond like i know that we see like the little skeleton or pieces of the remaining buildings is there anything directly beyond that that like a cave or another tree line or something like that um from where you are it's hard to tell one thing thurbash roll me a perception check got it that is an 11 Okay, um, from here, one thing that catches your eye is, because it's pretty far away, beyond some of these buildings, you see what looks to be a tree that's larger than the rest. I'm going to begin making my way over to that tree. Okay. Why don't we have Silas lead the way? I will take Silas away. I can't from... see. <laughs> I will guide Silas, and me and Silas will make our way towards the big tree. Okay, um... So you make your way up to the edge of the tree line and kind of step out into this ruined um, village. The buildings, like I said, are destroyed almost down to their wooden foundations. Um, the wood is rotted and kind of dark. You start to walk through this and you kind of get the idea that this small settlement was built around this tree, um, almost as if it was a center point to what this town used to be. Um, and now it looks almost like a large clearing, maybe maybe 500 feet across at its widest. On the way, though, the first thing that catches your eye is in the husk of a ruined building, you can see what looks to be a tunnel, like a small tunnel dug into the ground. And right at the entrance of it is a dead cobalt, green-scaled, similar to the ones you saw before. Um, I believe we may have trouble. There's a dead cobalt by this entranceway or exitway. I'm going to point it out to the rest of everybody. That leads underground? Um, yeah, it's roughly the size of a cobalt, um, oddly enough. And it goes down into the ground, maybe. It goes almost straight down. You can see a small makeshift ladder. We got to go in there. Got to go, got to go, got to go right now. Got to go, got to go, got to go. How far is the tunnel away from this large tree? Is, is it like a, a fairly far distance or is it um, fairly close? 300 feet or so. You can see the tree pretty, pretty clearly from where you're standing because it's you, as you get closer, you realize that this is a massive birch tree. Can I... Um, I want to hand off Silas to the rest of the group. Watch him for a second. I want to take a look at this tree. And I'm going to walk, not not all the way, so I'm going to walk like maybe half the distance. Um, so if it's, 100, if it's 300 feet, I'll walk 150 feet. Okay. And then I'm going to try from that point, I'm going to try and investigate to see if there's all the same amount of like 
um, you know, decay or withering on this one large tree in the in the town. Okay. Big sell with you. Use him as a sacrifice. I'm not going to use him as a sacrifice. <laughs> See, the thing is, is if I need to run away, he's blind. I'm not going to run with him. You don't have to. Is this in character? Yes. You, he, yes. Silas's so. eyes are big and you hear, mm, 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 mm. Silas will stay with you. I will be back momentarily. Should, should, I, should I go with you? If you'd like. I will go. All right. So we're going to walk 150 feet closer. <laughs> but not the full 300 feet. Okay, so while you guys are walking away, at first I want to resolve Tedward in this little hole in the ground. Um, yeah, I'm squeezing in there. Okay, give me a gopher style. You're a big guy and it's a hole designed for a cobalt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Give me a athletics check to see if you can just kind of force your way in there. This might be like a poo stuck in the hole with the honey kind of scenario. 24. It is not. You start to climb down this hole. You can barely fit. It's a squeeze, but you start to push the dirt away and kind of dig down as you go. Um, and you plop down into this small little dugout room. It looks like it's maybe 30 feet at its widest. It's like a circular chamber. Um, and there's like a, a ladder coming down into the dirt, like nailed in. And when you reach the bottom, it looks like it's a small little dwelling dug into the earth. Around you, you see a small table filled with big glass vials of varying green and blue liquids, similar to what you saw from the kobold um, that attacked you, like the alchemist fire and the vial of acid. Along the wall on the right, you see a stack of wooden cages similar to the others. Um, inside one of them is a dead skunk. Uh-huh. And... That's when you kind of get a better look. Your eyes are adjusting because it's dark down here. Um, and that's when you start to notice that within this dugout, there are four other kobolds all lying on the ground dead. Oh my God. They mm. don't have any signs of damage or bruising on them. There's one right at your feet. What do you do? Well, I'm going to just get all those vials because I feel like that's all going to come in handy. So I'm just going to scoop those into my pack. Scoop, scoop, scoop. Okay. Um, from that, just roll me a d20. Consider this an investigation check. It's a natural 10. Okay. So with a 9 for investigation. You find two um, vials that look like they haven't kind of shattered and started leaking out. There's two in good condition. Um, oh. They're both green. Yeah, I'm putting them in the bag. Um, is there anything else you'd like to do down here? Hmm. Nope. Squeeze my way back out. You climb up the ladder and quickly kind of squeeze your way through this space that you've created. Um, Haley, you see Tedward climb out of this hole covered in dirt. Everybody else walked out into the clearing? Yeah, there may be about... Follow the group. Yeah, we'll follow them. As you get closer and closer to this large birch tree in this the clearing of this town, um, you notice that plant life is getting more dark and decayed as you get closer to this tree. How far or how close do you want to get to the tree? stop about halfway to it and be like yeah, wait so a second we're gonna go about 150 feet so like halfway so you notice that the bark of it is turned this sickly green and black if you look up towards the branches as they kind of reach up into the sky all the leaves are gone and you see that these branches at the top are gnarled and twisted they look sick and as you step into the clearing um who would have the higher perception among the two of you probably her i have a 15 Okay. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> so, Alea, you see Thurbash take a couple steps forward into the clearing, and you hear the snapping of a branch. And when you look down at the ground, you see that it is not a branch. It's the skull of a deer. Uh, I'm going to grab onto him to stop him from moving forward. Yeah. Um, and and this, this, this tree looks familiar. Yes, very familiar to you. The <laughs> one you saw in your dream was spectral, but this looks like a material ver version of it. This whole place looks familiar to you. Like, it, you might have had a dream about what this town once was. Can I see buildings on the other side of the tree? So, like, if it's a town where the tree's in the center, can I see the other buildings that would be on the opposite side of the tree? You see the same kind of thing that you walk through, where it's these kind of sad, dilapidated frames of buildings. 
And can I see if um, if I need to roll a perception or investigation? Is mm-hmm. there a ring where the grass has died, or where there is a clear like border from green? Is there like could I see a, a circle or something where the like the grass goes from kind of crappy to really crappy? Um, just looking at the town in this clearing, you can see that as you get closer and closer to the tree, the the grass looks darker and more withered. Where you're at currently, it looks brown and sickly, but as you get closer, it's turning actually like inky black. Roll me a nature check, I think is a good way to resolve this. Okay. That's a 20 total. This tree um, is definitely the center of where this rot and kind of corruption has taken root. Okay. While you guys are standing here, um, Haley, Tedward, and the tied-up see-no-evil Silas <laughs> catch up with the group. Um, in this moment, what do you all do? Um, I'm going to be looking around and kind of piecing together certain things about the dream and reality. And I'm going to kind of look at the group and go, I don't think we should be here. I mentioned the map said, but we still came. I'm going to drop my bag and pull out the sword. Okay. I think this is exactly where we need to be. And put my bag back on my shoulders with the sword in one hand. No, but I, I, I had a bad omen, a dream of this place, and there was something in that tree. That was it. Just struck fear in me. We can't we should... always trust dreams. I had a dream that those badass dragons we fought last night were actually just kobolds. Dreams are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, I just stare at uh, Tedward. <laughs> How far away are we from the tree? About 150 feet. Okay. This tree is dying, and it needs to be cleansed. I mean, if we get a little closer, I can burn it. That might not be enough. That's I a good idea. for a long time. We burn all this old foliage, the ash fertilizes the soil, we grow some blue mountain corn in here, it gets real nice, clear out all that back foliage <laughs> over there, get a backup crop going. This place could be beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I love that really. Your farming knowledge. I love it. I hope one of you has got some barley seeds on you because it's going to need something really, really tenacious to grip to this bare soil for about five years until the nutrient quotient gets back up to scratch. I'm dying. And we're going to need some cattle. Why do we need cattle? I am very confused. Yeah, me too. I have no idea why someone would let this go to waste like this. <laughs> so, Thurbash, while you're standing yes. there and this conversation is going on, um, the the wooden gnarled branch sword you're holding in your hand suddenly starts to feel warm in your grasp. And the, the, the wooden bark obtru- like obtrusion on your abdomen also feels warm. Like warm hot or warm like just warm, like comfortable. Warm. Yeah, like okay. subtly warm. And in this moment, all of you feel your chest shake and vibrate. A roar emanates through this clearing in the woods. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Everyone roll me a perception check. Oh, good. That is a seven. I got a six. I, I probably have a 12. thought it was heartburn. So, while this roar shakes you to your core, Leia, you take a quick look around and you look up in the branches of this tree and you see the branches start to shift and move. You see a creature perched, almost so hard to see. Its form looks like it's made of this kind of gnarled and twisted white bark and a long curved neck pulls away from the tree and looks towards you. And what you see is a long maw filled with sharp teeth. Across the face of this creature, there is this corrupted-looking white bark that's spotted and speckled just like a birch. And it's kind of grown over the face of this creature almost like armor. And from its maw of teeth, its mouth opens, and you see a sickly green gas start to pour out of its mouth. At this distance, you can clearly see one of its eyes are totally black. And the other is looking at you with intent as its large green wings unfurl and a green dragon leaps from this tree and flies towards you. What? That's not good. 
That's not good. <laughs> a young green dragon? Hey there, listeners. I know this is a bit rude to just interrupt your show like that, so I'll keep this short so we can get back to the fun. Our community is very small right now, like microscopic, and we could use every bit of help we can get. If you enjoyed the show or have feedback for us, give us a rating or review on iTunes. It helps a lot. Good or bad, we want to know what you think. Every little bit helps our community grow, and we want you to love listening to the show as much as we enjoy making it for you. You can find us in a bunch of other places, which we've laid out for you on our website at www.toapodcast.com. There you can find our Facebook, our community Discord, and a bunch of other cool stuff like our storytelling blog. That releases articles every other Tuesday in between episodes. We're also starting a new initiative on the show that kind of gives our listeners an opportunity to engage with the content that we create. Anyone who shares our Facebook page or posts about us on Twitter using the hashtag Tales of Asperon, that's with two R's, will have an opportunity to help name a character on the show. You can get one named after you or make up a fun name on the spot. Like if you wanted to make the most badass female warrior in the universe and have her name be Meet Space Jane, we'll find a way to make that work on the show and within the narrative. Um, Barring any, you know, copyright infringements and things like that. We don't want to get sued. We want all of you to be part of the fun too. So spread the word, share the love. You get it. As usual, we release episodes every other Friday. So I'll be seeing you again on May 31st. Enjoy the show. With a startling surprise, the bark of this birch tree curled outward as a long, green-scaled neck revealed itself. And it curled its head down towards you in the clearing, and from its back, a pair of green-scaled wings unfurled from its back, and it glided down the clearing towards all of you. Can I get an initiative roll? Damn it. So there's no hope to just talk nicely to this thing. Uh, you could try, but... Um... <laughs> I want to give it a try. Wow, that's bad initiative. 19. 15. I got a natural 20. I don't have a weapon. Did I find any weapons down there with the kobolds? Um, yeah. What weapon do you think Tedward would use? That's kind of like a simple weapon. Well, I mean, what what weapon would a kobold have? They're all um, going to be like Barbie probably some weapons. kind of probably some kind of short sword or like a hand axe or something like that. So to me, that's going to feel like a steak knife. So I basically have a steak knife or a dagger. Okay, no, this, I like the idea of a snake steak knife. That's pretty funny. <laughs> they, I don't think they'd really have a, have it together enough to have weapons that a person of my proportions would use. Yeah. Um, so in that case, we can say a steak knife. We'll treat it like a dagger. Yeah. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you got this. <laughs> I'm going to. I, it's hostile, right? Like I can make the assumption that it's hostile. Um, you can try and talk to it. It seems hostile, but it hasn't made a sound. It hasn't attacked you yet. It's flying towards you right now. Across you know the clearing. We're just gonna get out of its line of sight. I'm going to cast fog cloud. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what does that look like? So just mist just starts rolling in and taking over everyone's uh, vision and eyesight. So everyone's in darkness-ish. They're like, it's clouded over. From the opening in the trees above, you see this thick gray cloud of fog billow out from Malaya and encompass anyone who's standing within your general vicinity. You still hear the wings of this dragon beating towards you through the air. Tegber, what do you do? I think I'm going to shove Silas down the burrow. I'd only just gotten out of there. Okay. So he doesn't so he doesn't <laughs> die. It doesn't die anywhere I'm liable for it. Okay. Um so you take your turn and push Silas down into this um burrow beneath the earth where the dragon cannot find him. And at this moment, Alea, on the ground, pretty close to you, um, you feel a vibration in your feet um as this creature lands down on the ground. And in that moment, the clearing is taken with an uncomfortable silence. And Everyone, then, uh, still functioning? <laughs> and then, um, from within the fog that you created, you see its color start to change. Can I have a constitution saving throw? Oh my god. From this her? Um, her and anyone standing like directly next to her, so probably Thurbash, maybe Halei. 
Constitution. Sixteen. Big money. Nine. Sixteen. Nine. Eight. Okay. Um. Did it, anyone roll below an 11? Thurbash, right? Yep. And, and so, Thurbash and Hele, you take 12 points of poison damage as this green kind of fog pushes through Alea's own fog cloud and go, breathes right up into your nose and the inside of your throat burns and is raw and you're feeling sick and dizzy. Um, Alea, you take half as much. Rob, how much so damage did it? you take? 12, I'm asleep. You're unconscious. Yes. Okay. Holy snap. <laughs> uh, what, what was the number? Sorry. You, you said will I take, take Alea, you'll take six. Six, six okay. Yikes. Um, and Hela, you're unconscious? Yep. Okay. So Alea, behind you on the ground, you hear one of Thug. your fellow party members collapse. Um, at this point, it's Hele and Thurbash's turn. You guys can decide who goes first. Well, I'll make a death saving, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So just uh, roll my die. I got an 11. Okay, that passes. For a death saving throw for the audience, um, when a character is knocked down and considered unconscious, when they have zero hit points, they roll something called a death saving throw, which determines if they die while they're lying on the ground. So the general rule is you have to beat it at least a 10 to stay alive. Um, and if you succeed one of those three times, then... You wake up. Um, Thurbash, sorry to interrupt you. It was your turn. No, no problem. Uh, so I'm going to use one of my Eldritch Invocations, Misty Images, or Misty Visions, and I'm going to cast, assuming that the fog, fog cloud is still around me, mm -hmm. um, I'm casting Silent Image and making a group of the, four, the three of us, so the three people that would be normally standing, uh, so us three, I'm making duplicates of us, and I'm going to make them run 60 feet to the closest structure away from Tedward. Okay. So, like, out of the fog cloud? That's very clever. Okay. And the whatever it is has to make a successful intelligence check against my spell save DC, or they will think that it's a creature. Okay. So, um, since you're in the fog cloud, I won't tell you the results of that until it goes away. Since you're within this fog cloud, you're not sure what happens um, in your memory. The closest structure would be the tree that the dragon flew down from. Um, what does it look like when you summon these illusory duplicates of your companions? So I, um, I quickly, you know, take a ton of damage and I'm coughing like crazy and I'm just going to, um, you know, touch, touch my, the center of my chest and then with a little bit of, you know, somatic components, make, uh, you know, kind of a green poof, almost like a spore of pollen. Um, and it will form this kind of image eventually and then begin running through the cloud. Okay. Um, next up, Alea, what would you like to do? You hear one of your companions behind you thud down on the ground and kind of with your hand over your mouth, protecting it from this poison at least, use see quickly rush past you or three illusions of you thurbash and Hale. um okay so because i'm a poison expert can i tell what type of poison it is um just roll me a medicine check uh 17 um from what you know and what you've studied at least learned from your family and your parents and things like that you can tell that this poison doesn't linger because after you've kind of breathed it in and your throat burned after a couple seconds, the feeling went away. Okay. And uh, who, who collapsed? Looking over your shoulder, you could clearly see that Haley's on the ground. Haley. Okay. Um, I'm going to... I saw the illusions, so I'm going to quietly <laughs> try to make my way over to him and um, have him take a... Uh, what did you call it? Um, do, 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 a small healing potion. Okay. Um... Since he's he's so close to you and you have the fog cloud around you, um, roll me a stealth check with advantage. Great. Here comes my clumsy hut. Um, okay. With advantage, 11. Okay. Um, you don't hear the ground shake or any movement through the fog cloud, and you quickly turn around and administer this healing potion. Want to roll some dice? Sure. Pretty sure... 
or 2d4 plus 2? Uh, 8. 8, okay. Um, so, cool. Hala, you get 8 hit points back. Cool. I'm awake. Feel good? Um, Tedward, with Silas quickly stowed away, you can see that there are two fog clouds ahead of you. One is this green, thick, voluminous cloud that pours through Alea's fog cloud and then disperses. What do you do? Hmm. Does anything stand out to me about the green fog cloud? Um, it doesn't look great. Your, <laughs> your intelligence and your wisdom is pretty low. Yep. Um, but it dispersed. Like, it okay. was there for a moment, and then it was gone. I think I would just run full tilt towards the rumbling. Okay. Um, with your full movement, you could easily make it into this fog cloud to help out your allies. Okay. Do I... Can I make a perception check at yes. the end of my movement? Absolutely. All right. That's going to be real low. <laughs> Negative one. <laughs> you sprint into this this fog cloud, and actually for a moment, you lose sight of everybody. And in your hurry, you actually like bump into Thurbash and get taken aback because you didn't even realize he was there. I sock him. Ow! Oh, gosh. Yeah, sorry about that. And then as you whop him, there's like a brief moment again where the whole clearing is taken to silence. And you hear the sound of roots and branches breaking. And then the ground starts to rumble and thud. And it slowly gets quieter and quieter as it seems like the dragon is moving away from this fog cloud. And you hear um, the sound of dirt and branches being broken and a loud rumbling <sighs> and you hear the whoosh of air. Haley and Thurbash, what do you do? Does the whoosh get rid of the fog? No, it's still there. Okay. Okay. We can't see him, I'm assuming. Mm-mm. Sounds like it's further away. Alright. I'm going to try to wander to the outside of the fog. Okay. Um you move your way forward and peek out of his fog cloud across the clearing you can see this green dragon with its back to all of you and over by this tree it's leaping in the air and swinging its claw down towards these illusory duplicates which are just kind of gently ducking and weaving out of the way and this creature's trying to grab them and it's getting pissed what do you ask the group do we just want to leave um yeah 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 try to talk to it can we go against it, though? I just used my last healing potion, so... <laughs> I'm very hurt. Very <laughs> hurt. Oh, no. All right, let's just try to run the other way. Okay. Um, is everybody on board with this? Yeah. Yes. All right, the four of you make stealth checks. Oh, no. Are you going to grab uh, Silas? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Let me make that stealth check first. That will answer your question. Oh, no. I got a five. Fifteen? Four. Oh, my God. How do I have, like, I'm making these great rolls right now. Okay, so at this point, since the four of you have kind of unanimously decided to run, we're going to split the initiative so that it's the four of you go and then the creature goes. Um, so at this moment, the four of you book it out of this fog cloud and start running across the clearing back to the tree line and without looking over your shoulder running in fear you can hear again um a large thud and the, the actually breaking and tearing of bark and a furious roar and then the heavy beating of wings you looking over your shoulder you see the fog cloud start to disperse as this creature has flown up into the air about 30 feet over the clearing and is looking around. And Alea, looking over your shoulder, there's a brief instant where you make eye contact with it and you see its one yellow eye become trained on the four of you as you're running away through the clearing. I don't know. It's our asses, so... Um, I, anyone have any ideas? <laughs> I guess we have to buddy, right? I can speak Draconic. That would be a good time. That's a development. <laughs> to brush off that textbook. Um I guess the I guess the best is to just split up and then hope 
like we could surround it, catch it off guard. Okay, I'm 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 down All right. That. I guess. I'm going to scream and run backwards towards it. <laughs> wait, wait. So, are you backpedaling or are you spinning around and running at it? I'm gonna. That would be great if I just ran backwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded no. like. I'm gonna turn around and run towards it, screaming. Okay, butcher's knife drawn. Um, I'm going to go towards the left, but also try to like go around, like to its left side. So okay. I'm not going to continue forward. I'm going to just like around its left. I'm going to go back and right. I'll stop next to Alea and, and just call out to it. What? What? Why would you attack us? Um, roll me a quick charisma check. Cool, 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 cool. Natural one. Cool. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So three. <laughs> That came out as a taunt. So as you as you say this, um, you watch the dragon in midair look in its head in your direction and start to arc and turn towards you in the air, and it lands about 10 feet away from you guys on the ground. The ground shakes at your feet. Um, at this point, Tedward, you have gotten close enough to do something to this thing if you wanted to. Can I do a quick perception check? Yeah. Uh, 12. 12. Okay, so looking over this creature, you can see that... There are some things about it that are odd. First, there are spots where you would expect to see normal gales of like, but instead it's white spotted bark that looks like it has grown and been grafted onto the skin of this creature. Looking it over, you see that right up near its head, one of its eyes has this dark, like black glassy look over it. And on the side of its face, you can see, you would first think it was scales, but it's dark and very, very, very reflective, almost like some kind of crystalline substance is like growing on the side of its face. This thing does not look normal or healthy for that matter. Could be blind in one eye. Can I like duck and come at it from the side that it doesn't have a bright yellow eye? Yeah, actually that's the side you're standing on. Give me an attack roll. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna... uh, I want to kind of jump on its back. I don't want to attack it. Ooh, okay. I want to get up in it. So what would that be? Um, just give me an athletics check. I think that's a really good check for me. Yep. Okay. Uh, 15. Okay. So you see this thing arc its head downwards and look at Alea and Hele ready to strike. And as it, as its head starts to lean forward and you see its mouth start to open, you just leap up onto its back and actually get your arm around its neck and you've got a good hold on the creature. For now, it's considered grappled. Excellent. Um, with that, is there anything you want to do while you have can it grappled? I, can I can I like dig my hand into the part of it where the bark is encroaching on its scales and just start ripping out everything I can? Um, yeah, give me an attack roll. See, I'll just use the knife for that. I don't want to <laughs> wash my hands. Okay. Yeah, give me an attack roll. <laughs> uh oh. Uh. What's 18 plus 5? Uh, 23. 23. Okay, that's more than enough. Roll me some damage and use your strength modifier. It'd be like a D4 because yeah. it's a dagger? Yep, a D4 plus 4. Or plus whatever your strength modifier plus is. 5. 5. Okay. Um, so you raise this dagger up and dig it right into where this white spotted bark is kind of growing over the dragon scales. And you just pry a whole piece of it off, like the size of a dinner plate. And it falls down onto the ground and this creature like screams out in pain and you feel its wings underneath you flex like it's trying to get up off the ground and fly away and you have it grounded. Your weight is keeping its wings restricted. Um, next up in the order would be, let's just go Leia. Um, can I use, I don't know if I'm allowed to use it this way, but I'm thinking of using Entangle to get its mouth and legs and stuff on the floor like stay on the floor is that possible it's um grasping weeds and vines sprout from the ground in a 20 uh, foot square starting from a point within range um um yeah absolutely i think we can do that and because tedward's on its back the vines won't really affect him because he's not on the ground i think that seems fair Cool. I'm going to try to muzzle the, the, the dragon and also like uh, anchor him down with uh, these dead looking weeds that sprout out from the, the ground. Um, let me roll a, what's your spell save DC? Like the number that I have to beat. Uh, 13. 
15. Okay. Um, with Tedward on its back, you can see this thing is struggling and confused. And it actually reaches its head back to try and take a snap at Tedward. And when this does, its neck droops real low to the ground. And your kind of not really healthy plants just start growing out from the ground beneath it and wrap around its neck and actually pull its head down to the ground and it's successfully restrained. Now, what restrained means is it can't move. Any attacks against it have advantage. And if it attacks, it has disadvantage, which means it rolls twice, takes the lower of the two. Is it possible to also get a closer look at that uh, unhealthy looking eye thing? Um, yeah, roll me a investigation check because you have it restrained. <laughs> a six? A six. Um, looking at it, it's it's black. There are parts of it that are cloudy. And around its eye socket, you can see this black crystalline substance kind of growing out from underneath the scales around where the eye is. Um, and while you're looking at it, you see it's one yellow eye darting around and it just looks at you while you guys have it pinned. Um, Haley, what would you like to do? I'd like to walk up to it and continue my talk with, but it is now muscled. So I was going to try to say, we mean you no harm. I'm sorry my companions had to do this to you. Um, hmm. Roll me a persuasion check. Okay. Uh, 16. 16. Okay. So you lean over and say this to the dragon's face, and the rest of you kind of hear this heavy guttural language come out of Haley's mouth, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, although it's muzzled, you can still hear um, it trying to form words, and it just says, The grove requires sustenance. You will be its food. If you do not release me now. Uh, He's the only one who understood that, right? That's some draconic. You guys hear this deep and guttural language that's very hard to understand. It doesn't sound like anything to you guys. Okay, German. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Alright, so I turn to the others and just say, we either kill it or leave. That's the only option we have, it seems. Thurbash, what do you do? I'm going to nod and let loose a witch bolt. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Give me an attack roll with advantage. Okie doke. Um, and I am at least 60 feet from this thing. <laughs> you back, backpedaled? Well, I, yeah, oh, I went back into the right, and I have spell snipe, so my spell ranges are doubled. It would normally be 30 feet for witch bolt, but it doubles to 60. Okay. Um, give me an attack roll with advantage. Damn. Nice. Because it's restrained. All right. There's one, which is 22. Okay. That definitely hits. And then the other one was a one. So I'm <laughs> glad it was 22. Yeah. Um, roll me some damage. Nice. It's a, what is it, like a d12, I think? It is 1d12 per, per my turn as long as I don't do any other actions. Cool. And that is three damage right there. Okay. How, what does it look like when you cast the spell? So um, Thurbash is going to take one step back as though he's like mount, he's like placing his leg as a support, and then he's going to put both of his hands together and basically Kamehameha towards the dragon, a cylindrical blue beam that crackles and as long as he keeps that position and doesn't do any other actions, it maintains connection. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, you this this blue beam launches from your hands of like crackling lightning and makes contact with the creature, and its whole body is just covered in what looks to be like roiling blue static. And you hear it groan like you hear its grunt of pain. Um next up in the order, Tedward, you're on its back. Uh, did everybody go? Because I feel like I just went. Um Actually, yeah, Alaya entangled it. Haley spoke with it and Thurbash attacked. So yeah, it would be your turn. Okay. Looking at the chunk of bark I just pulled off its back, do I know, do I recognize anything? Because I know quite a bit about plant life, strangely enough. Um, Yeah, because of your background, roll me a nature check with proficiency just for this particular purpose. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh... 16. 16. Okay. So what you've pulled off of this creature is clearly bark that matches the um, 
the tree that it was perched on. Um, the strange thing about it, though, is on the backside, which would you you would expect to see like where you would expect like a dark woody underside, it's pitch black. And instead of sap, which you might expect to find on the backside of um, like birch bark, there's just this thick black tar. Okay, so this doesn't this this isn't something that green dragons normally do. They don't normally. No. Okay. This looks like it was something that grew on the creature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to dig the knife into the exposed flesh where I got the bark off. Ooh, okay. Give me an attack roll with advantage. Okay. Uh, the first one was a crit fail. Does that just crit fail right away? Or does that, do I no, um, you always roll twice, take the higher. <laughs> the second one crit fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, so you raise this dagger up, and as you do... And I go, I go, hey, hey, write this down. <laughs> <laughs> and as you do, you look over at the book, which is kind of patiently floating in the air, scribbling, and you see mm. the pen raise, and you swing the dagger down with a smile, and it just deflects off of the scales of the dragon as it buckles underneath you, like it's trying to buck you off. Because it was two crit fails. Roll me a strength save. <laughs> I was going to say, tell me... I put the knife right in my own knee. <laughs> okay, a strength oh, no. save. Uh, ten. Ten. Um, as it bucks underneath of you, you actually feel yourself lift off of the dragon's back and kind of fall down to the ground. Okay. Um, next up in the order would be dragon. So first off, you guys can see um, it's struggling really hard against the the vines that Alea reached up to restrain and entangle it and it's just not like every time it pulls against it the vines restrict twice as hard and the thing can barely move now um and alaya you're sitting about a foot in front of it or within reach of it in front of you and you see its mouth kind of open a little against the vines and you see what looks to be the start of a green mist start to pour out of its mouth and the vines pull its mouth shut Good, good. That was my intention. No more poison. Um, can I... You said it didn't look healthy, right? It no. didn't look like a normal... Can I do a medicine check on it? Yeah. Roll me oh one. my gosh. Eight. Eight. This thing is definitely sick and infected by something, though what it is, you have no idea. You can't think of anything in your mind that would make wood, like bark, grow on the, like the, the scales and the carapace of a dragon let alone what would make black crystals grow from underneath its skin. Um, okay, I guess I'm just gonna... I'm, I'm gonna just, uh... Oh, I don't know. Um, Haley's the one that uh, knows Dracon... What is it? Draconic, yeah. Draconic, yeah. Okay, so I guess I'm gonna just look over and be like, you, you can talk, right? You can talk to them? Uh, ask, why, ask why it's sick. Haley, your turn. Okay. Uh, I guess I look away from Leia and Look at it. What what happened to you? Why are you sick? What what is all what is wrong with your skin? Scales. Against its restraints, you hear its voice again, like speaking through its teeth. The grove is all I know. The grove keeps me alive. It is my home and it keeps me alive. And you see it struggle against its bindings again? To no avail. Doesn't didn't give an answer. Just said it's the grove is its home, and it wants us wants to feed us to the grove. And it keeps them alive. Can I walk back to the tree? Uh, There's yeah, absolutely. In that, can you jog back to the tree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of hustle over to the tree, um, carrying my shovel and all. So I'm not going to make you roll another investigation check because you've already kind of checked it out. Um, looking at this tree, you see, for a birch tree, it's abnormally large. It's like 20, 30 feet in diameter easily. Birches are kind of tall and thin. Um, like you could fit, you could probably hug around a birch, and this thing is absurdly large. You couldn't even dream of getting your arms around it. Um, and looking closely at the bark you can see there are patches of it where you can see this kind of black ooze seeping out. Almost like sap, but it's definitely not sap. 
Um, and it's obviously the same tree from my dream, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This whole grove is almost the same. Do I have to be within a certain distance to talk to Igni? Of, uh, like, you haven't story? tried. All right, I, I guess I'll just, like, be mumbling to myself. Be like, Igni, if you can hear me, have you seen anything like this? You hear his voice echo in your head. I have not. Um, this, this town, you hear, like, a pause of hesitation. Somewhat familiar, but I do not remember why. Can I take a sample of the the black stuff? Is it yep. a goo? Did you say it was a goo? Yeah, it's like a it's like a black tar looking substance. Um, so because I gave uh that healing potion, I have that vial that's empty now. Can I use the like fill that yeah, vial up absolutely. with the goo? Yeah, you can take the some. Goop. Um, and I guess I'm just going to be around if there's any more, like, things that are, like, leeching off of it, or, like, something's happening where the plant is, like, infected, like a source. From here, um, you can't see anything in particular. You do notice at the front of the tree, similar to your dream, like, right in the center, there's a burrow that goes down in the earth that's wide enough for, hell, this dragon to crawl down. Um, but while you're standing there collecting the sap you notice this burrow and from behind you you hear the sound of vine snapping Uh oh as Haley in front of you you see this thing rear its head up and just the vines keeping it restrained have all snapped the ground trembles as the dragon above breaks free of its leafy bindings seeking vengeance against our adventurers for its brief imprisonment Within the center of the great birch tree of Whiteleaf, we see a long and winding tunnel that delves into the depths of the earth beneath this second tree. In the cavern below this dying tree, we find ourselves at a large pool of black reflective liquid. This fluid ripples with tension as the battle rages above, yet no sound comes from the disturbance of the pool. Scattered across its surface, we see millions of motes of shifting light, something you the listener might think akin to starlight, if this world had any. Floating above this mixture of celestial light and absolute darkness, we see a black crystal shard suspended in the air. Its form shimmers with a ballet of shifting colors as light dances with light and is reflected from an unseen source. Within this shard, we see a bright yellow eye open and peer from the darkness within causing the crystal to glow with a faint golden hue. Then, the roots of this great birch tree pulse and groan with an unexpected life to them, as its submerged roots draw this very same light from the depths of this pool. Then, as quickly as it appeared, the pool recedes back into the crystal, revealing the once-submerged body of Irnan Thistledown as he draws his last breath. Hey everybody, thanks for sticking around to the end, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Keep an eye out for our next blog article next Tuesday, which you can find at toapodcast.com. Remember, like and share the show on Facebook and Twitter to get a chance to have a character in our show named after you, so you can join in on the fun. Anyway, I'll see you when our next episode launches on May 31st. Stay safe, and see you soon.